0: What is going on everybody? Welcome. Welcome everybody into the overreaction Buffalo sports show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by Picasso's pizza. You should treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's we are Buffalo pizza shipping local and nationwide order. Your Picasso's Pizza online at Picasso's pizza.net. How sweet is that? My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It's always good to be with every single one of you guys. All of you guys are piling into the chat. So good to have you live. This is a live recording of a podcast. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And you are more than welcome to like and subscribe on whatever network platform that you are uh, consuming this podcast in, including on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, please like and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. on what? Are, there's a million of them, Verbal. I can't even think of all of them. Like, there's a thousand of them. But uh, it's so good to have every single one of you guys uh, here with me for the recording of this episode, this live recording. Once again, we're going to talk some stuff. We're going to talk some Bill stuff, some training camp stuff. We're going to talk about some rabid fans. I'm probably not going to talk about said rabid rabid fans throwing things at the players, but I'm going to talk about the rabid fans in epic proportions. Uh, Bill's Mafia is about to uh, come unhinged in a lot of ways, uh, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, Extreme heat and an even hotter offense. And let's be honest, this whole team is just hot. They're just extremely hot. More camp fights, injuries, players not in attendance, wide receivers, but first... But first, as always, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now, let me just say one more time. Welcome. It's so good to have all of you up in here. There's a ton of you piling into the chat right now, and I appreciate every single one of you and I appreciate uh, the fact that you were here with me. As I said earlier, just remember, this is a live recording of a podcast. And if you would like to get my attention, I'll do my best to pay attention to the chat. But if you want to get my attention, don't be afraid to super chat me. Uh, it shows up on my screen on YouTube. If you, you got to jump to YouTube first, super chat me it shows up on my screen, screen highlighted. And then it'll get my attention. And if you have a comment or a question, I will respond so, as as such. Sorry about that. We are just about a month away. Just about a month away from the start of the season. However, the first preseason game is this Saturday, August 13th, against the new-look Indianapolis Colts against, or I should say who are n- now featuring a new quarterback, Matt Ryan. Uh, this is the only team in the South that's even were like notable, right? This is the only team in the AFC South that – Anybody even has to be worried about, obviously, the Colts came in to Buffalo last year and thumped us something hardcore that was without Matt Ryan. They basically, they themselves removed (laughs) their former quarterback uh, from the game completely and just ran Jonathan Taylor straight down our throat. Now they've got Matt Ryan, who is more than capable of playing quarterback in the NFL with a guy like Frank Reich. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what that football team does. But if you want to get a look at that football team live, they will actually be in Buffalo this weekend on Saturday. That game is at 1 o'clock. And I am going to be at a family reunion. So I am not going to be able to attend that football game. So what that means for you and all of my listeners, my faithful, awesome Bills Mafia rabid fan base listeners fan base of the bills not fan base of me fan base of the bills rabid listeners as i have two tickets that i need to effectively give away i've got two tickets they are my seats they are the seats that i sit in every single weekend when the bills are home unless i can't make a game like this weekend last year amanda and her husband actually used my preseason, one of my preseason games and sat in my seats and amanda's in the chat right now she can tell you that my seats are pretty good if you want to be on the sideline like like right at the rail. On the sideline where you can't see the football game, these are not those seats. My seats are actually in row one of the upper deck around the 27-yard line, and they are wonderfully placed to watch a football game, to take in a football game. They are on the sun side of the stadium, and this game, I believe, is at 1 o'clock, which means uh, you're probably going to roast. It might be at 4 o'clock. I know that it's in the afternoon on on Saturday, so if we still have the heat that we've got going on right now in Buffalo, it's going to be warm, so dress appropriately. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give two tickets away. Oh, that's right. Richard Rush is sat in my seats seats as well. I forgot about that. Uh, So Richard Rush is in the chat, and he is sat in my seats. Uh, We are going to give these tickets away. We're going to give them away. I'm I'm going to do a little bit of a weird contest. I'm going to do a contest uh, based around something I put in the chat a couple minutes ago, and I'm going to put it in the chat again right now. Um, Hopefully it doesn't navigate you completely away from what we're doing here. Uh, But I am going to start doing some extra exclusive content uh, during the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, potentially Saturday. Um, I'm going to do what you want to call it, like predictions. I'm going to do, which if you remember I did, I've done, the Time to Shine was last year. Uh, Before that, before I was doing the show live, I was doing a prediction show for overreaction, just an overreaction prediction show. I'm not doing Time to Shine this year. It just four was too many. Four like full-on shows was too many. many. Uh, I'm excited to do a bunch of like mini things, like just short segment-based content and a lot of fun stuff, uh, bring on some guests real fast for, like, some rapid-fire type stuff, uh, just breakdowns real quick of what happened in the AFC East. Uh, when you think about, like, you know, uh, predictions, rundowns, like I said, um, you know, exclusive videos, interviews at practices. So if I'm at a practice and I'm sitting next to, like, this past week, I sat next to Thomas DeLau, uh, Delos rather, from uh, from Buffalo Late Night. I've sat next to Pat Moran before. I've, I've sat next to the Maniac. So just to be able to go and have some place to put this stuff, uh like if i wanted to interview them real quick so i i i have a youtube channel uh over the overreaction sports show on youtube i put the link in the chat and if you just basically go to youtube and you search overreaction sports show it's going to pop up with my buffalo head logo that's there and what we're going to do is this for the contest so i'm going to start the contest right now uh and half of you or the a lot of you have already like completed the first like check the first box the first box is to follow me on twitter so if you follow me on twitter so check box number one follow me on twitter joe miller wired and then you go over and you subscribe and basically what i think i need is a like a, a, subscri- a, a screenshot if you will of you having subscribed to the uh the overreaction uh, sports show youtube and then dm that to me in my twitter feed and what i'll do is i'll take all those dms and then i'll pick a winner on the hump day hotline on wednesday So that is the contest that we're going to run. Follow me on Twitter, right? So follow me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wired. And then jump over to YouTube, search Overreaction Sports Show. That's this show. That's the content that I create, Overreaction Sports. uh, And subscribe to that channel. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a winner for those two seats. Uh, They are Section 313, Row 1, seats 18 and 19. Those are I just gave away basically my address (laughs) on the air at uh, One Bill's Drive. Those are where my seats are. They're great seats. If you're looking to go to the football game, uh, if you're in a situation where you're not going to get to go to a game this season, uh, if you're going to be in town this weekend, whatever it is, or if you just want a chance to win some free tickets, this is where you want to be. You want these seats. They're great seats. Uh, again, support me as I'm going to look to kind of expand. I've I've had the itch to do this for a while. I I basically I wanted to do this last year. A lot of the like this, the short segment stuff, like little five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute things. And it just never materialized. It just, it just didn't work out. And this year I'm committed to doing it. I've got a new job where I've got actually a little more, not free time, but I've got more flexibility. I work from home. So for me to sit in front of this blue screen behind me with my ugly face on it, my name, it's a lot easier for me just to sit down and like rip out like a 10-minute little bit. So that is the contest. If you want to go to the game, if you want to sit, use my seats, I'm going to pick the pick the winner on the live on the Hump Day Hotline Wednesday. Follow me on Twitter take a screenshot of you having subscribed to the uh, the overreaction sports show YouTube and then I will pick the winner like I said on uh, on Wednesday on the hump day hotline uh, but uh, yeah the biggest news of the weekend now that we're moving on from that, the biggest news of the weekend uh, was effectively Josh Allen <laughs> if you've been living under a rock a lot of Buffalo Bills fans, a lot of Bill's mafia, what is the word, got got like the tease of a lifetime. If there was a tease of all teases, the tease of a lifetime actually happened this Friday at the return of the Red and Blue game, Red versus Blue game, which is a scrimmage that the Bills put on every year. Josh Allen walked out of the tunnel in a red helmet. <laughs> and Bills mafia around the world lost their mind. And I would like to say, if you timestamp stuff and you go back and look, I think... I was the first person that captured it and tweeted it. So maybe by a minute, <laughs> not by a lot. And it was a blurry picture from a long ways away. Um, but it was it was an incredible moment to see Josh Allen kind of come out. I, I'm not so sure that the red helmet matched the red jersey. And the red helmet had blue stripes on it, which was really kind of strange. Um, I'm not opposed. I don't know where you land. Throw in the comments section. I don't know where you land on the whole red helmet thing. Um, I like the red helmets. I'm kind of a fan of the white helmets. I really, I really dug the white helmets when they when they brought them back uh, during the Fitzy era, and I'm not necessarily sure I want to go back to red. I don't know why. I don't know if it's a PSD PTSD thing for me with the Super Bowl years. The red is nice, but the the white is traditional. The white is, you know, Ferguson, right? Joe Ferguson, white helmets, and then obviously Joe. They claim because I don't know if you guys know the history about this. Joe. They claimed that Joe had trouble seeing recognizing bill the his players his own players because so many teams had white helmets back then so they changed to red and then obviously jim kelly came in and then you know the red went crazy because we went to four super bowls but josh allen comes out of the out of the out of out of the tunnel in a red helmet and then immediately swapped it and then uh, i didn't i should i should have pulled it up and then kyle napier kyle Knapps uh actually had the greatest <laughs> little quote ever about how I don't give a crap about fines i've made so much money that i don't you know i'll just pay all the fines uh that was not a real quote but Kyle has been uh doing very very well of kind of throwing up these fake quotes lately and they've been blowing up and and Kyle's a good dude and i like him he's a friend of mine but uh other big news uh of the day the buffalo bills today have extended reggie gilliam why uh, because fullbacks freaking matter, um, and especially they matter to this football team. Uh, if you don't know Reggie, if you've not met Reggie, Reggie is an awesome guy. Uh, my guy, Jay, Jay Spence the King, uh, credited with basically predicting him to make the roster the first season he was here. He was like, I mean, we did we did our, did our first roster prediction show, and he's like, Reggie Gilliam's making this team. And I was like, Who? <laughs> who's making this football team? (laughs) He goes, Reggie Gilliam. I'm like, okay, if you say so. So that was on his list. And sure enough, Reggie made the team and Reggie has since then uh, also been extended as of today. Now that does not mean that the bills are not currently, for those of you that are worried, have not current, have not been working on an extension for Micah, or I'm sorry for Jordan Poyer. Uh, I'm sure that they can do things simultaneous simultaneously, but as of this moment, the extension has gone to Reggie Gilliam and I'm excited To have him here. Hey, Bill's Mafia, we all know Buffalo is a drinking town with a football problem. And just like Allen to digs touchdown passes. I have the perfect pass for you. The trail pass that is the Western New York beer trail and the 2022 trail pass is your passport to great local craft beer and other craft beverages in Western New York. When you purchase and use a trail pass, you can get two half-priced beers at 42 different area breweries, bottle shops and pubs, including a meadery, a cider works, and a distillery. And you score over $350 of savings inside the pass. Just like a Bills Patriots playoff game, you score every single time you use it. The 2022 Trail Pass is good now through the end of the year and is available along with other Beer Trail items at the website. It's on the screen right now, www.wnybeertrail.com. That uh, website again, www.wnybeertrail.com. Click on the Shop tab when you get to the website. They also can be found at the Totally Buffalo store in Amherst and Orchard Park, Buffalo Gift Emporium in Tonawanda, and at One-Eyed uh, One Cat Brewing in Williamsville. We at Bu- uh, Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, and local charities. Watch for our meetups and our fundraising events along the way as well. Western New York Beer Trail. Drink local, support local. We will see you on the trail. Do me a favor, jump over to www.wnybeertrail.com and sign up, especially if you're into craft uh, brews and uh, stuff like that. So please support local. They support local. You should support local as well. Back to what we're here to talk about, right, right? I don't know why my other screen has not popped up. There it is. Found it. Training camp practice, August 7th on Sunday. Good news, super good news for the Buffalo Bills, super good news for us, because if you've been listening to this show at all, or the Phoenix show or the Humpty Hotline, when I've talked about it, this offensive line has not been looking very good throughout training camp. There was one video that was posted, I believe, from Thursday's practice where Josh Allen had a super clean pocket and off his back foot, he flung like a 45-yard pass into the end zone. Uh, that was hauled in for a touchdown, and I tweet, I retweeted it, and I said that's the cleanest pocket I've seen Josh Allen have in three practices. I've been to three practices so far. I went to the return of the blue and red game, and that offensive line has struggled a little bit. Good news though on the front, Roger Saffold is officially returned off the NFI list, but he was limited today. Uh, Roger Saffold, for those of you that don't know, he is going to play left guard. Uh, up to this point, Bobby Hart has been playing left guard uh, throughout training camp. And to be honest with you, he hasn't done horribly bad. Uh, he's probably a better left guard than he is a left tackle. I think we are all, right, a little leery of him ever going into a game and playing left tackle. My guess is, is he's a lunch pail guy, and the staff just loves him. But Roger Saffold, he was in, he was involved in a car accident, uh, non-football injury, NFI. That's what that means uh, this past offseason that left him dealing with a rib injury. Uh, he was spotted. I saw him last week actually doing some side like off the field work. He was in, I think he was in street clothes. I don't even I, not street clothes like jeans and a t-shirt. He was in shorts, right, in a t-shirt and like a workout shirt. But he wasn't in pads. He wasn't like geared up or anything like that. Also, uh, Spencer Brown is progressing what, from what I believe is a back injury. Uh, he uh, he t- he did some individual like drills today, which he's been doing individual. But he also did some one on one work today, so he's probably right around the corner from going back into kind of the lineup, uh, the first-team lineup taking first-team reps at right tackle. Micah Hyde was a full go on Friday. He was out there dancing around, having a blast. And uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, who hyperextended his left elbow on, I believe it was when, Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, did I go Monday, Tuesday? I went Monday, Tuesday. He is going to be out for about three to four weeks, and we hope, because we love you, Jordan, and with the news of Reggie Gilliam getting re-signed, that they are working on your extension right now. Brandon Beat, like, at his laptop, in his dorm room, at St. John Fisher. By the way, has anybody watched any of the – total sidebar rant. Has anybody watched – which is probably why you guys watch this show or listen to this show. Has anybody watched any of the NFL training camp live stuff? Anyone? Bueller? The NFL training camp live inside training camp is actually great coverage, and they they, they start so, – so Good Morning Football, which is awful now with Kay and Nate gone – Uh, I love you, Kyle Brandt, but we got to do something about that show. Uh, It ends at what? It goes from 7 to 10, and then at 10 o'clock they start, right? So NFL training camp live, and they go all around, and they go through like 3 o'clock, and it's great to watch. The problem was is they were at Bill's camp, I believe, on Monday. Is that right? Or Wednesday. Maybe it was Wednesday. One of the days last week. Look at me. I'm totally sideways. And they kept saying St. John's Fisher. St. John's Fisher college saint john's fisher and it was really really annoying to me so it's not saint john's so brandon bean over at saint john fisher college hopefully right now is pounding away on his keyboard working with you know drew rosenhouse to get jordan re-signed also today or I should say sunday uh center mitch morse uh had a little bit of a, a what we believe is a vet rest day khalil shakir uh also was off they were both spotted working on the exercise bikes i was not there in attendance for practice, a wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie and Taryn Johnson were also not on the field uh, for practice today. Uh, for Morse, McKenzie Johnson, probably, like I said, a second ago, veteran rest, veteran rest days. Um, you know, who knows necessarily for what's going on with Khalil Shakir. My guess is he's OK. He might be cramped. He might be sore. I know this several several of the players were sore from Friday. Uh, just that that scrimmage that the Bills went through. We're going to get into that in a second because it was a lot of fun and the Bills did something a little bit different. I think that's my third red versus blue game that I went to and they did a lot more scrimmage work than I've ever seen them do. Uh, Per Ryan Talbot, uh, Jamison Crowder was uh, noticed uh, working on his chemistry today with Josh Allen. And I would say this, as far as that goes, it has been obvious to me that Jamison Crowder's absence from camp was noticeable in practice when he returned, just not on the same page, not running the right routes, not really kind of sure where he was supposed to be going out when he was supposed to go in, going in when he was supposed to go out, just not really on the same page. So to know that he's working with Josh Allen to kind of build some of that, that chemistry, that's a good thing, but you got to think that, you know, with with Khalil out, because Khalil Shakir has been he. We we talk about the word flash, right? And that's a big word for like Tremaine, a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. We've heard that that even Leslie Frazier has said that you know a guy like Tremaine Edmonds brings a solid workload. He brings a great work ethic. He's the quarterback of the defense. He makes plays. He's got the stats. He's got the numbers, but he doesn't have those flash plays. And we heard Leslie Frazier and a lot of Bills media content creators whether. You know, full time employed or hobbyists like myself talk about that he needs to start making flash plays and he has. And that's the one thing that Khalil Shakir has been making as well, even on Friday in that scrimmage. Khalil just looks the part. He absolutely 100% looks the part as a what I believe is a fifth round pick. Uh, It's exciting to see him. But with him being off uh, with Isaiah McKenzie getting a little bit of a break, it's an opportunity for, you know, Tavon Austin and Jamison Crowder to get some reps some extra reps. I don't know that they're going to maybe I wasn't there. I'd like to know who slid into uh that uh that slot, that number one slot spot for the first team. If there's somebody that was there today, uh which one if somebody if, pra- if somebody was at practice today in the comment section. So I'm going to look at the comment section. Can you tell me from a first team rep standpoint who is the the number one the first team slot receiver with McKenzie out? Was it automatically Crowder? That's the question. Because I would think there would be Mackenzie, Khalil, Shakir, and then Crowder. Or was there a random person that maybe we wouldn't expect that was put into the slot? So was anybody in the chat, announcing it again, was anybody in the chat at camp today? And did you pay attention to the first team reps and who was in the slot? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? I'll move on. Hopefully we'll come back to it. We'll see. But this is what I would say. And there's a reason I'm asking this question. And the question is, or the reason is this. There is one guy that nobody is really talking about. And I get it. It's not sexy right now. It's not super cool to talk about this guy. We've got, you know, little dirty. We've got, you know, (laughs) muscle hamster. In uh, Isaiah McKenzie's number six, stepping into Beasley's role, right? We've got Khalil Shakir, the flashy new rookie wide receiver that's out there. We like that guy. He's totally cool. Obviously, Gabe Davis is the story and Stefan Diggs is the story. And, you know, you got Tanner Gentry, who's Josh Allen's guy from like, you know, college. So we'll see what happens with that guy. There's a lot of talent. You know, on this football team, Touchdown Jesus. Everybody's got a nickname. It's so cool because everybody's got a nickname and Touchdown Jesus. We all love Touchdown Jesus. But there's one dude and you already know who I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Lone Wolf says that's the first time I've looked at the chat. That is not true, Lone Wolf. I've looked at the chat many times. <laughs> Nor- the, problem- the problem is this. I'm ADD. All right? Not bad ADD, but enough ADD to be like, Squirrel, And there are other content creators that don't outline. I'm just going to say it. They don't outline maybe as well as I do. And if they don't outline as well as I do, then they look at the chat and somebody asks a question or makes a comment. And then they go on a tirade, which I'm about to do, right? Or which is what I'm doing right now. And I know you're busting my balls. That's why it's hysterical. Um, I get distracted easy. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's... I think Lone Wolf, I think you're here because you love it. I think you love <laughs> Jessica Tennis. Says I'm focused on myself. That is not true. That is completely not true. If I had a producer, listen, if I you what you don't understand is I don't have any help in this Buffalo Rumblings show. Like and, 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 and it sounds like I just blamed this all on Buffalo Rumblings. This actually is <laughs> this isn't on Buffalo Rumblings, but Thomas DeLoss has a producer. Like, there's, there's dudes out there that have, like, a guy behind the scenes that's, like, working all the chat and doing all that kind of stuff. Dude, all this, when it comes to, like, finding the reads, throwing up the graphics, playing the videos, all that kind of stuff, like, I'm a solo project. There is nobody else here. There's nobody else online. It's you guys and it's me. And this is a lot of fun. I'm having a, I'm <laughs> you did it to me. See, squirrel, you did it. You absolutely did it. Good, good for you uh Daniel Frederick says club H ADHD. Well, I'm not ADHD, but I'm 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 pretty ADD. It's just kind of one of those one of those things. And it is a boohoo thing. Jessica Tennis. I'm sad. I sh- you you would think that people would be jumping at the opportunity to work with a guy like me. You would think that, which <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> And, yes, Spin, I am making excuses because if I don't make them, nobody's going to make them for me. That's why I love it when Chris Jenke is in the room because he corrects me because I say the wrong thing all the freaking time. <laughs> Anyways, getting back on point, there's one guy. There's one guy that is not necessarily fun to talk about. It was funny because he was fun to talk about for about 10 minutes in what I believe was 2020. Is it right? 2021, yes, 2020. There's one guy that has been flashing. There's one guy that I actually, I I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about because my heart is in his camp. I want him to make the team really, really bad. I, I'm a believer in him. I, I know the man. I have conversations with him. Um, he's a good dude. And that guy is Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins is the dude that's lost when you, when you just sit back and think about it with all the bills, camp stuff that you've read by and large, I'm not saying completely. There are people that have done some reports. I'm going to read one here in a second from Ryan Talbot. Nobody is talking about Isaiah Hodgins. The point was made and it was strongly made last year. It was made again this year. When Jay Spencer King and I did our roster projections, Jay Spence said, If I'm a betting man when it comes to roster projections, when it comes to who's making this football team as a wide receiver, my money is going to Jake Kumaro, touchdown Jesus, because he plays special teams. It's true. And I would say you're right 100%. Kumaro is a special teamer. And When you're talking about being the fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy on the roster as a wide receiver, you've got to play special teams. However, the thing that was surprising to me through camp, and I know that Isaiah worked very hard at bulking up and getting stronger, is that he has been playing special teams. He's been playing as a gunner. He's been playing inside. And he's actually, as I have watched the three days I've been in camp and then Friday, he's winning a lot of his battles. And that has nothing to, to do with or to say or talk about the way that he has flashed on the field and the way that he's played, he is playing well. And it's showing by effectively where the coaching staff has put him. He is the second team X receiver. Isaiah Hodgins has been up to this point, the second team X receiver and he is flashing at camp. <laughs> I, Mike 23 just super chats me and just gives me the squirrel emoji. <laughs> So Buff Hub says, bro, I don't agree with this. I don't think he's an easily. I, I don't think he's... In, I mean, I don't know what you mean. You might have to expound upon that. By what, what do you mean? Like Easley was a fan favorite, right? I was a big Easley fan. But Easley had limitations in his game. Had some issues with soft tissue injuries, which clearly Isaiah does as well. And this is actually not... Hodgins' contract almost up wants 20 million per. I don't know what you're talking. He just got signed to a futures contract. So... That is absolutely not correct. Anyways, uh, getting back to it, so he's bulked up. the The Buffalo Bills are giving him every chance to make this roster. They they every so the Buffalo. I know this about this coaching staff from talking to several people. They value players. You've heard me say this before. Specifically, wide receivers that know all of the positions. And Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins are two of the guys on this roster. I'm not saying the only two. But it's not all of them. They are two of the guys that know every route tree in every position, the X, Y, and the Z on this roster as wide receivers. Isaiah Hodgins is the number two guy at the X behind Stefan Diggs right now in camp. That doesn't mean that when the season starts, he's the second string guy. That's not what that means. What I'm saying is when the second team comes out, Isaiah Hodgins is the number two guy. He, Or I should say he's the, the X receiver. I've, this isn't brand new information. I gave you guys this information last week, just kind of off the cuff. I read you uh, effectively who the first team wide receivers were. It was, it was, it was Diggs. It was Davis. It was McKenzie who the second team receivers were. It was Hodgins. I don't remember uh, for, the, for the life of me who was on the outside. And then it was uh, uh Khalil Shakir on the inside. And then I read you who the third team receivers were. This is not new information for you. Isaiah Hodgins is also, From what I've noticed, what I've witnessed in camp, the only guy that moves to the slot. He's the only outside guy that kind of moves to the slot, which is an interesting kind of point of note. And they're putting him on, as I said, special teams. Now, granted, Kumaro's been hurt. Crowder's been hurt. There's been some guys that, you know, are not super playing well. But the guy that everybody is sleeping on, is Isaiah Hodgins. Ryan Talbot had this to say today after practice. Isaiah Hodgins is stacking days. And if you went Friday, if you went to camp on Friday, you saw Hodgins catching a crap ton of balls. Toe-touch type balls as well, especially down the stretch. The last two-minute drill was actually a minute and eight, I believe is what they put at the clock. The last minute and eight, he had three toe touches along the sideline from Matt Barkley. Because at that point in time, there was no more ex-receivers. He was the only guy left. Because Diggs had had taken, I think he would taken his his shoulder pads off at that point. Ryan Talbot says this, Hodgins is stringing together his best training camp to date as a member of the Buffalo Bills. The same Isaiah Hodgins, who the media was raving about in 2020, saying he may have been the best pick of that draft before they shut him down with with the shoulder injury. At Sunday's practice, Hodgins was targeted early and often. I don't know what it's going to take. I know that he doesn't have a nickname. I know that he's not muscle hamster. I know that he's not touchdown Jesus. I know that he's not the rookie. Hodgins was targeted early and often, and he hauled in most of the targets thrown his way and almost pulled in a sideline ball that was just off the mark. And this is where it gets interesting, because I'm not here to predict anything. I mean, I'll do a prediction show, but I'm not here necessarily right now. Buffalo has a loaded wide receiver room, but Hodgins is doing everything in his power to show the Bills that he deserves one of the team's final roster spots at receiver. And the the backing to that, everybody needs a foundation, right? If you're gonna, if you're gonna back, if you're gonna make a statement, you better back it up. The backing to that is whether or not he can succeed or be a force on special teams i saw him rip and run a guy on friday what's that mean so when you're when you're when you're blocking for punt coverage right when you're in the fray when you're on the line of scrimmage and you're one of the outside guys you know obviously the ball snapped everybody presses they come into you i saw him grab a guy's shoulder uh, inside of it inside of his pads grab like in the chest area i saw him pull him push him out rather push him away and then ripped him down to the ground. So basically he threw him to the ground, and then he took off, which is, for all intents and purposes, an elite pass rusher move, or pass coverage move, or pass punt coverage move. Sorry, I apologize. An elite punt coverage move from Isaiah Hodgins. Everybody, I'm not not saying he's going to make the team, but what I'm saying is on Saturday... When you're watching this preseason football game, if you go to camp between now and Saturday, through the rest of this preseason, keep your eyes on number 16. Because number 16 is playing good football in this camp. He's going to make it very difficult, in my opinion, for the Bills to cut him. And where this gets interesting is if he makes it incredibly uh, difficult for the Bills to cut him, who goes? Because as Ryan Talbot said, this room is deep. I, I have pictured in my mind i've thought about in my own head like how am i gonna feel if i see jay coomero has been cut on cutdown day because jay is a good, good wide receiver he's a good special teams player like they like i don't know i don't i don't i don't i don't, I don't know how they make how they're going to make some of these decisions it's going to be interesting to see and you got to want i don't know how i'm going to feel if i see Jamison crowder has been cut from this football team you've heard me and jay spence say it like a ton through the offseason that the bills basically signed away not basically they did they signed away the best weapon the jets had in Jamison crowder and stole him for what is it three million two and a half three million dollars I mean, what, what does it mean? What does it say if Jamison Crowder gets cut and the Bills keep Kumaro and Isaiah Hodgins? Again, if we're being honest, Jamison Crowder is another one of those guys that's not going to play special teams unless he does punt returns or kick returns, which I don't believe I've seen him line up at yet at all. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Buffalo The Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is my great friend, John Spazchek. I've got a little message for you from John. Take a look, and I hope you are entertained. Introducing the Market Dominator. Folks, I'm John Spazchek. That's right, the Market Dominator. And I am the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast, hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. You know, his approach is absolutely outstanding. It's excellent. And that's what our approach is when we get into real estate. We help our clients win, just like our beloved team is doing week in and week out. So folks, if you want somebody representing you with the most cutting edge technology, using artificial intelligence and everything we can get our hands on to help you win, you reach out to me directly, 716-570-3298. We will answer our phone. And one more thing. Go Bills. Go Bills. That's my guy, John Spascheck. If you are in the market to buy or sell a home, please call John Spascheck. He will answer his phone, 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. John's my guy. He's my guy. And I will ride or die with my guy. I love John. So uh, there's a lot of conversation going on, and I love the conversation. This, this, I talked to you guys last week, I think, about this is – the place that your eyes should if you're at camp, if you're watching preseason, if you went to the red versus blue game, your eyes need to be on the wide receivers because watching who is where and who is when and what guys are rotating in and who's getting sat and who's sliding in different spots and who's moving around a little bit. you know, And what you see, this is, in my opinion, the story of preseason this year. So it's cool to see you guys talking about it. I love it. Jessica, Jessica Tennis coming in with a super chat. Uh, Touchdown Jesus and Crowder will not be cut. She says, if anything, they will be traded. Well, that is potentially true. I don't disagree. However, you've got to have a trade partner, right? It always comes down to a trade partner. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, I would prefer to see the Bills get a fifth or a sixth. And it's like, well, who cares about a fifth or a sixth? Well, Khalil Shakir was a fifth-round pick. We saw what Brandon Bean did or has done We've kind of seen what he's done with that pick thus far. Uh, But uh, let's talk about, I mean, we're going to wrap up the show. We might, I say this all the time and it's never true, but I'm going to keep saying it. We might get you out of here a little little early. Let's talk about the Red versus Blue game real quick. What do you think about that? (laughs) I don't know what is going on. (laughs) Elliot Eisler says, I've humped things for you, Joe. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what I missed in the chat. I'm getting, I know, I know that this is a hump day hotline reference, but I (laughs) jump on the like button. So I I guess I haven't really talked. What do you know? The likes are at 16 and what number does Isaiah Hodgins wear? 16. It's a sign. It's a sign from the almighty that, that that's what that means. Um, actually I can make it 17 right now, but I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I, Elliot, I love you, dude. It <laughs> just, I don't even, oh my gosh. Anyways, how am I supposed to recover from that? You guys are, <laughs> oh, good God. Anyway, um, I do thinking think i got notes because I don't know where I would go from here. I'm just reading the comments now. Like literally I can just go to the city, read the comments. <laughs> you guys are incredible oh dear lord uh to say that the how am i supposed to restart to say that the excitement is an understatement to say that there is excitement see i can't even read my notes now to say that there is an excitement around this football team is an understatement when we're talking about this football game or this scrimmage this red versus blue scrimmage on friday was it 35,915 people were in attendance and that's just off the top of my head i think that's what the number was I believe they gave away seventy thousand tickets. I had people texting me, going, "Can you save me a seat?" And I'm like, "Uh, maybe. I hope so." Even with only half of the people coming at thirty six thousand in attendance, that that lower bowl was full. It was it was it was something to see. I went to all the open practices last year. I've been to the red and blue red versus blue games before. This one was just it was just another level the the anticipation around this football team i don't i don't even know how to describe it with the 90s teams you just knew they were good now obviously the access that we have to them today with youtube and social media like i mean for god's sakes we can literally follow josh allen and read the things that are on his mind if he tweets said things on a daily basis. All the players that are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, whatever. Cole Beasley was Instagramming today, his family at the beach. It was actually nice to see. The access we have today is ridiculous. The coverage we have today is ridiculous. But I don't know because of, you just knew back then. For those that are older fans and remember, and for the younger fans that don't, You just knew that football team in the 90s was good. Like they're just, they're good. Period. Dot at the end of the sentence. They're good. Period. There's a different anticipation or excitement level around this team than I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that that 90s team wasn't likable or that it wasn't, I'll use the word attractional. But this team is very likable and this team is very attractional. And this this team is very family oriented. And I, I know that team was family-oriented, but they were family-oriented and almost I don't want to say closed, clothed, closed, closed, clothed, veiled. We all knew that they were getting together at Jim's house after games and whatever and yada yada yada. But it's just it's just it's just different right now. The excitement and, and anticipation around this team is very, very Wild. It was hot in that stadium on Friday, but it was an incredible scrimmage. They were rolling. So for those of you that were not there, they were rolling drives uh, by teams. And what I mean by teams, first team versus first team. So first team offense versus first team defense, situational football, right? And then they would do the same exact situation, second team versus second team, same situation, third team versus t- third team, etc., etc. etc. Like and they and they scrimmaged for a long time. It wasn't like they went out there and in years past and they stretched. They did stretch and then did team drills. They did do some team drills, but before they didn't scrimmage for that long. This time they scrimmaged for a while. And if I had to guess, thinking, man, if I had to guess, the reason that they scrimmaged as much as they did was because Brian Dorsey, Brian Dorsey, Ken Dorsey, see me put Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey in the same sentence. Ken Dorsey literally, I think was, he was in the booth. We know that. And he was trying to get a feel for what was going to happen. So I think there's a great deal of like working through the like the wrinkles. Like, what is this going to be like? What am I seeing? What am I doing? Getting the calls in, getting the plays in, all that kind of stuff, which is why I think that scrimmage session was so long, but it was great. It was incredible to watch that scrimmage, se- scrimmage session. The team, both on offense and defense, is efficient and thorough. They're doing things, in my opinion, with excellence. Now, clearly, when the bullets, as they say, start flying, we're going to find out a whole lot more about this football team and missed assignments and missed blocks. And John Feen is going to be really big about letting us know on the Fiena show on Mondays who missed a block because a lot of times us as fans, we see something and we're like, that was all Spencer Brown's fault. And John's like, actually, it wasn't Spencer Brown's fault at all. It was Dawson Knox's fault. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, right? So, But they seem to be very efficient, very thorough, but they're loose at the same time. They're out there having fun. One of the things that I have not seen covered, which was an absolute hoot, and I don't use the hoot very often because that's a word that my grandma used. Towards the end of practice, and, I, and you don't know what, you know that all these guys are friends. You know that they all get along. You know that they all have a great time together. I didn't see anything throughout the practice, but towards the end, I think it was the last drive for the first team. I believe the time on the clock was 108. They go down, they scored a touchdown. Gabe Davis caught it. Uh, upon catching the football, he throws the football, like launches the ball, catches it, secures it, and then immediately throws it at Micah Hyde. Like <laughs> I wish I could have, I wish one of them was mic'd up so we could have heard what the interaction was between them. But they were bas- they were having fun. And it was funny too because the referee, they had live refs at the at the practice. Uh the referee threw a flag. So he threw a penalty and motioned, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct, blah blah blah, because it was it was a penalty, but it was hilarious. Like Gabe Davis catches a touchdown and then chucks the ball immediately at Micah High. like got it, there you go. And Micah wasn't even covering him, so he wasn't Micah's assignment, which was funny, but it was interesting nonetheless. They're having fun, and I think at the end of the day, I want them to win and have fun. Nobody wants to nobody wants to see them win and not like each other. Like let let's win and have fun. Let's have the whole package if you can do that. Like right. The offensive line on Friday, and clearly this has changed even today with the news that, like, certain guys – no, I guess it hasn't changed. This was the offensive line, I'm sure, today at camp, but it's going to be changing soon, which is good news. The offensive line on Friday, Dawkins, Hart, Morse, Bates, Quisenberry. So Ryan Bates was back in the lineup, which was enormously awesome to see. And before long, probably in the next couple days, we're going to see Dawkins, right, Saffold, Morse, Bates, Spencer Brown, we're going to get to see that offensive line fully intact. The question is, are we going to see it before Saturday? I don't think we are. Maybe we will, but why press it? I guess would be my question. The offensive line on Friday played okay. Allen got sacked several times, but he also had time to make some plays. He was able to escape the pocket and made some good runs. There was some good design calls which was great he also ran for his life a few times what's interesting to me about the scrimmage for those of you that were there i don't understand the run plays i i understand the need to do run plays you've got to do them you've got to execute them you've got to line up and right i mean it's muscle memory, all that stuff, working through it. It's practice. You've got to do it. But if I could paint a picture for you with the live refs there, like legit referees, NFL referees were there. As soon as anybody gets near the guy with the football, they blow the whistle. The play's dead. The running back continues to run. He continues to do kind of what he was doing, but effectively the play's dead. So they run a running play. As soon as a defender gets near him, Jermaine uh, Jerome Boger, by the way, was the the head ref that was at the at the practice on Friday, who's one of my favorite refs. But as soon as somebody gets near the runner, like they they blow him dead, they blow him down, which is so like hand the ball off, do would take four steps, whistle would blow, even if there was a huge seam, and there was a couple times a a couple huge seams. The very first run play they ran, Devin Singletary, I think he ripped off a 50- or 60-yard run. It was great. James Cook had a couple big runs. One of them was on a play that they blew dead by a defender that absolutely would have gotten a hand on him but never would have, like, pulled him to the ground. Which brings me to another point. The running backs on this football team, in my opinion, are Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook, which is different than I probably would have said four months ago. Four months ago, when the Bills signed Duke Johnson, I thought for sure Duke Johnson was taking, and that was before we had drafted James Cook, right? I thought for sure Duke Johnson was making this football team. I'm just not sure. And I believe I heard or read that Duke Johnson was like returning punts today. That should be the alert to you that there's a problem. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. Houston, who Duke used to play for. Houston, we've got a problem. Duke Johnson is back there taking punt return reps. 26, 20, 28, and Taiwan Jones, I believe, are the running backs for this football team. It was wonderful to see Micah Hyde on the field, dancing, jumping around, having fun, playing hard, played all the first-team reps. Vaughn Miller did not practice in team drills. He was there. He warmed up, did all that stuff, but then stood on the sideline in a hat, which was... I would have liked to have seen him play. Cody Ford also did not practice that I saw. I'm not saying he didn't practice. He didn't practice that I saw. And then the scare of the day. And th- I don't think I've seen this reported. I don't remember exactly where it was. It was on the second to last or the last drive. It, th- it might have been the last first team drive, second team drive. It was on one of the last drives. The play happens, whatever. They're like, you know, it's, it's a two-minute drill. I think it was 108. It was a 108 drill from, I think they left from the 35 to the 45. They're on 35 or 45. And out of the corner of my eye, I see as the ball's kind of going over his head and gets completed, Jordan Phillips just falls to the ground in a heap, clutching his knee. Out of nowhere, Jordan Phillips just falls to the ground, grabs his knee, and literally the air left the stadium. <gasps> And then the dude jumped up and ran off the field. <laughs> he was totally just like faking it and hamming it up. And I have no idea why or what or the reason. Nobody yelled at him. Nobody got mad. It was no big deal. The dude just like fell on the ground, grabbed his knee, laid there for a, about a breath and a half, jumped up and ran off the field. I heard people around me in the stage going, you a-hole, <laughs> like, because they all got nervous because they thought he was hurt. When you see a player fall to the ground with nobody around him and clutch his knee, ACL, that's the first thing you think. It's the Tredavious White injury. It's all those guys that get hurt with nobody around him. It's like ACL. And literally, that's the, the fear that went through everybody's minds. But So that was the absolute 1,000% scare of the day. I would say this as well, and I'll let you guys go with this. We're, we're pretty much close. The punting battle is interesting. And what the punting battle is going to come down to is Matt Hawk is going to have to do whatever he can do to put himself in a position where he is inarguably better than the rookie. Regardless of what you've seen on social media, if you have not been to practice, if you've not been to camp, if you were not there Friday, there's a lot of people that see Matt Ariza kick a ball, oh, my God, the punt god just kicked a ball. He went 65 or 70 yards in the air. What they don't tell you is Matt Ariza and Matt Hawk kick a lot of stinkers. Both of them kick a lot of stinkers. They both kick a lot of good balls. Is Matt Ariza beating Matt Hawk in hang time on the good punts? Yes, that is absolutely true. The best punt of the day on Friday, Matt Hawk had went 85 or 90 yards. I'm going to say that again. The best punt, and it, it, it was on social media. I saw a bunch of people tweet about it. Matt Ariza just punted a ball, 90, or 85, 90 yards, which was 1000% true. He kicked the ball, it was a wounded duck. It went about fifty yards, fifty-five yards, hit the ground, bounced away from my—I I think it was Isaiah McKenzie—bounced away from Isaiah McKenzie, and then did one of those bounces where it like took off a thousand miles an hour and rolled another forty yards. That was his eighty-five or ninety-yard punt. It was a—it was—it was a stinker. That got credit if it was a real game. He got credit for probably a ninety-yard punt. It was not a good punt. Matt Ariza and Matt Hawk are probably dead even because Matt Ariza is also now holding and he, I've been paying attention to that. That's the other battle to me. It's not the punting battle. It's the holding battle. The holding battle is important. And I had asked Reed Ferguson, you know, what happens? Like, how do you deal with this? Because you've got Corey Bohorquez here and Tyler Bass suffered from Corey Bohorquez, Corey Bohorquez leaves and you get Matt Hawk, who's an elite holder and Tyler Bass is great. You know, what is the, what are the prospects of having a new holder? And Reed said, "We'll adjust. You know, if that's if if it comes down to that, if that's the way that this goes, we'll adjust. We'll make do. So to me, the battle is about the holding, and then the punting. But right now, they're even, in my opinion. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. It's sexy to have a guy in your team called the Punt God, <laughs> but he's got he's got to be consistent. If you're the Punt God and you shank a forty yarder, you're not the God of much, in my opinion." But as Richard Rush just said, this is exactly right. If it's even, the rookie wins. 1,000%. That's exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Show. Brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host. I'm the voice of the Overreaction Sports Show. My name is Joe Miller. You find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired as always. Again, we've got a ticket competition or a ticket contest in effect. I'll be drawing a winner on Wednesday. Please do me a favor, jump over to Twitter, follow me. I just put a link in the comment section. Jump over to YouTube, search Overreaction Sports Show, subscribe, screenshot it, DM me. I'll be picking a winner for my seats to this week's preseason game on the Humpty Hotline live until then i love you guys appreciate you guys hanging out with me as always we'll talk to you on monday Phoenix show talk to you on wednesday something outline go bills